Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. In my mind, you just wake up and go rake. I'll tell you this much. There's only so much I can't say. Yeah. The Boston Red Sox will try to sign Otani. That front office right now, this moment, is trying to figure out a way to get him. Juicy, Juicy on a Friday, Brooksy. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. What up, baby? Episode 98, September 22nd, Friday. Will Middlebrooks is back on the podcast. And boy, does he have some fiery takes today. Heim Bloom. <laughs> See ya, Heim. Padres are back, Brooksy. What? Back-ish. I wouldn't say back. They are... They they might run out of time. I'll just put it that way. And are you a wine connoisseur? No, but I know the Oakland A's are. <laughs> What's the most expensive bottle of wine you've ever purchased? You and Jenny. Um, it was Camus actually. Really? It was uh, it was Camus. It was a Cab Sav. It was 2012, I think. It was like a. It was like a known as one of their better years it was like oh seven and then 2012 i want to say this was 2012 uh but it was their special select uh and it's i don't remember how much it was but it was expensive a couple hundred bucks you know for i mean i don't buy super expensive wine. i'll 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 dabble here and there i'll let my rich friends buy it and i'll have some of it just like i'm not buying a boat but i'll use your boat can you but, do the whole like the 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 aromas and I I can I I can taste a little oakiness in in this wine you know like can you do that I'm not a sommelier as I says wine sommelier I feel like you butchered it but sure I feel like it's French and that's how it's but it could be Italian I'm not sure it's European look you're, it up no 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 I need you to look it up because now I'm curious because I'm pretty sure I got it right I don't know how to spell that. I'd probably find it on Baseball Savant. <laughs> remember that? Do you remember that? Of course I remember. Say it one more time. What, uh, what is it? Wine. Wine. So spell S-O-M. S-O-M. And that's as oh. far as I can. Sommelier. Yeah, but it's yeah, but you'll say the E-R. It's like uh, sommelier. Sommelier. It's, it's, so I love yeah. teaching you things. Young, young buck. Hey, you like my glove? That's that's your daughter's daughter got a new glove. Yeah, it says McKenzie in Sharpie because she's a T-baller and I'm not buying her anything nice. That's not your handwriting. That's my handwriting. That's pretty good. I have very good penmanship. Actually, okay, I got a quick story. Story time. Then we'll get into baseball. Right. We don't. We haven't. Have we so. Th- by the way, this was my last trip to Boston, so like I'm home, so I'll be around for way more pods now. Um, and you can be my number four priority now. Wow. Instead of I'm moving up. Seven. What are the first um, three? So my buddy, Michael Kaiser, who listens to he listens to our pod What up, Mike? by the way. He uh he works at CBS. Um he's I guess kind of like a front office guy for CB, CBS in baseball terms. Like he's important. But he's like one of the boys. We play golf. Um he goes way back with Jenny, like good dude. A lot of family friends, stuff like that. So he loves, so I got like, you know, that WMB kind of like logo thing I had made with my name under it and I put it on my golf bag. She looks cool. So he's like, man, I wish I had a logo. I was like, 
So I started messing around yesterday and I drew him a logo. And it's pretty badass. Let me grab it. All right. I'm having it. I'm I gotta make it up for him because this is gangster. I'm gonna want this one for my myself. First try, by the way. And I drew it because I'm artistic. All right. MK. So I tried to find a way to put MK together. Brother. I don't I don't the see K's the... in the middle. The M is like the outlines oh, of everything. Oh, all right. Yes, I see it. It's I got to like... line it up a little more and I can do it like online. I like it. See... Yes. I don't know if it's flipped because of the camera, but anyways. Impressed. Maybe this I mean, is, one this of is one. Just, maybe this is Will Middlebrooks' next venture. Is so I've always, since I was a kid, I've always been able to draw. Like my mom was an art major at Tulane. She was an art professor in college. Uh, art she did high school and then she finally ended up with like elementary kids and then she retired she like worked her way down easier 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 I don't know if it's easier it's like herding cats in lower elementary school but uh so I drew up my logo logo sounds like I'm important I'm not I just wanted something to put on a golf bag essentially and then like use for like a header on things uh, when I got into the media I just like like drawing stuff like that so he's like there's no way you can draw me one and I was like Yes, I can. I have a, I have a gift. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Gift. So I drew him that up yesterday, like freehanded that. You I'm wanna... pretty proud of it because it was first try. Me, me next. I got you. Yeah. D D V would be pretty easy. I feel like. D V. Yeah. All right, we'll work on it. All right, let's get into baseball. Sorry, I had to toot my own horn on that because I was proud of it. No, I'm and, impressed. And Kaiser Kaiser will love hearing that on the pod. One 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 more question before we get into baseball. Have you ever been to an art show? Art show? Uh not like a not like a live art show, no. Yeah. I've been to like museums and like seen artwork. There's one right down the street from my house. Can you like do you appreciate it or is it just no, kind of like zero? A yeah. Zero. I don't care. Yeah. I went to my first I don't I, I there was like you remember it might have been two years ago, maybe longer. Uh they had this huge like art festival in Miami every year and some guy duct taped a banana to a canvas and it sold for like millions of dollars millions if you're buying that you ain't buying it for art you're buying it because it's the hot thing and you just want to like you have fu money it's status (laughs) it's a banana it's not like it's gonna it's not like a gold banana that's gonna like stay the same Literally in a day and a half, it's gonna fall apart. Jeez. And you just dropped one point. I don't know how much. You have to look it up. Look it up. You're my researcher. Look up Miami Art Show Banana. Who knows what's gonna come up with that? Days after Italian artist Maurizio Catalan duct taped banana work went viral. The art piece saw splitting new development. A man ate the real life $120,000 banana stuck to the wall at Art Basil in Miami. Okay, so it's 120. Okay, I had I was off by zero. That's, That's still a lot for a banana. 120. It better been organic. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> straight from Whole Foods. Just straight out of Publix. <laughs> Isn't that uh, ridiculous? Yeah, I, I went to my first art show and shout out Gabby Ziegler. Uh, she's Phenomenal, incredibly talented, good friend of mine. But I don't. We might not ever talk about baseball today, and I'm okay with it. We might not, but but I just don't. There are certain groups of people in life that I will never understand, no matter how hard I try. You don't have to. 
I will never understand art. I will never understand people who don't appreciate sports. I always have a hard time connecting with those people, you know? Yeah. Like you ever have a conversation with someone and you're just like, Oh, like like those people feel that way about sports. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying it's like, there's both sides of that. I'm not saying I'm better. I'm just, it's just a reality. No, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm with you. So with that being said, Let's talk about wine, Brooksy. Uh, Miguel Cabrera oh boy. playing his final game in Oakland. And we kind of alluded to this already, but I kind of want to touch on a little bit more. The Oakland A's really dug deep into their pockets, and they gifted Miguel Cabrera a 2020 Camus Cab Sauv, Cabernet Sauvignon from Napa Valley that is worth, according to wine.com, $89.95. Oh, I got a correction to that. It's actually more than that because it wasn't – uh, a normal like 750 milliliter. It was a 1.5 liter. Mm, so you're talking about uh, so so it's like 160. Okay, so they really, something like that. They real Oakland really dug deep. I mean, it's more money than they spent anywhere else outside of their minor leaguers. <laughs> depending depending on how much the big bottle is, it might qualify for free shipping. You have to spend 150 dollars or more to get free shipping on Wine.com. Well, I mean, it's not far from Oakland. They probably could just... It was probably in the owner's suite. They probably just ran up and grabbed it for the game. You can get it at Safeway, the local grocery store. It's really good wine. Can we... Can I, we went, I, I went to Napa a few years ago and went to Camus. It's actually pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Wait, can we please just gift Mark Kotze just from the kindness of our hearts, Coach of the Year? Oh, my God. Poor what, dude, he was... There he is. There I, she is. Yeah. All right. Like, I didn't want to say hi. Will says hi. She says hi. Um, so, it's just so like, yeah. Look, what Mark Cotts Cots was my hitting coach in San Diego when I was there in 2015. When I tell you he is one of, if not my favorite coach I've ever had in my life, he's just so cool, man. And he is in such a terrible spot. Like, lose, lose. There's yeah, it just sucks. It, it seems like at least he's got some good kids, like some cool people on his team. That Gilaf was it thirteen home runs in less than fifty games. Yeah. Yeah. Rooker had a good first half. Yeah. I mean, I got some guys. It's fun. It's fun. Um Kemp, Tony Kemp's fun. Mark Kotze, coach of the year. I all respect to Brandon Hyde and <laughs> all respect to managers that won three times as many games. <laughs> Nobody, yeah. nobody went through more shit this year than Mark Kotze, coach of the year. Yeah, I know. Going through shit, unfortunately, is not part of a request, uh, part of winning manager of the year. But I, I'm with you. I'm with you. You keep but, grabbing your. I, I meant to ask you. Did you, you keep grabbing your daughter's glove? Did, it says Rawlings. Does that mean you like got it custom made? It's not custom made. No, she. There'll be more boogers in this than balls will go in it. <laughs> to be honest. Um. So my man Stevie, uh, he is the best baseball glove rep in the world. And he will tell you he is the best rep on earth. That's what he goes by. Pretty sure his Instagram is like Stevie Rollins, uh, Rawlings, best rep in the world. I think that's what it actually says. We'll have to, I'm going to look because. That's, that's lengthy. It's No, I think it's more like in his bio. Okay. I think it's just Stevie Rawlings. I'm looking. I'm looking. Hold on. Stevie Rawlings Stevie is his name. 
best rep in the show, Jupiter, mm. Florida. Stevie Cohen. Uh, he is the best rep in the show. I'll give him that. So I just text him because he's my glove rep I had for years when I was playing. I would always go all my glove orders to him. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, can you send in an order for these? Like I, I sent, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get two T-ball two, uh, gloves for the girls. It's like anything like pink or something. He was like, yeah, sure. Send me the order, but you go find exactly what you want. I don't know because I am a big league rep and not a T-ball rep. Fair, Fair enough, Steve. Uh, so I, I sent him the link. I got two of these. I have another one for Maddie too. Um, they have their opening ceremonies tomorrow morning. Uh, there will be a petting zoo. There will be face paint. And there will be humidity and mosquitoes because it's Florida. <laughs> but um, it's fun. They had their first practice last week. And when I tell you, herding cats, just they they love it. And Maddie, Maddie's into it. She's a gamer. She's like, we hit out in the yard. You've seen the videos and stuff. Um, she loves it. Mackenzie couldn't give two shits. She's there for the, the snow cone. You know what I mean? Eating bugs in the outfield. Uh, Not yet. But what's good is like they don't play them on dirt yet. They're just playing out out in the outfield in the grass, which is amazing for the parents. Because Maddie'd be out there doing like snow angels and you know <laughs> dirt angels. And uh, that was really cute. The first day they had like stations. They had like an exercise station where they raced and ran. And then they had a throwing station. It's very so it's six and under. Um, Maddie's about to be five. Kinsey's like going to be four in December. So they're still on the younger end of that. So they take the young ones like that, and they just practice and they'll inner squad. They don't play other teams. And then when they're older, they'll play other teams. Um, so they have their stations, and at the very end, they all get in a long line, and they work on what's called their gator chomp, which is like catching the ball. Yep. We're in Florida. It's easy to remember. Yep. And then pull – and then the gator chomp, they catch it, and then pull it to their chest. So they're just teaching them how to, like, secure a ground ball or whatever. Very elementary. So Maddie goes, catches – fires it in the net and then McKenzie's next and we have it on video I'll have to send it to you so you can put it on here uh you hear Maddie Kenzie's up next she goes come on Kenzie and she goes hey coach McKenzie's kind of shy so I'm gonna stay here with her so it was just all the moms are like oh ah it was, it was it was like a cool big sister moment where she's like she's shy I don't want to leave her here by herself ah I'm gonna take care of her so it was pretty cool. But yeah. All right. Let's talk about baseball. We've been talking about everything under the sun. We've been catching up. That's pretty sweet. And just enjoy that. I actually very oh, much. Oh, I am. Just I, I am. No, it's awesome. They're like a, they're at the age now where I wish I could just like freeze them and they stay this age forever. Yeah. Pretty cool. Somehow we went from wine to T ball. I don't know. Yeah. How. So, anyways, we'll finish that right now. Uh pretty cheap by Oakland. I get it like you're in wine country you get them wine and i guarantee i don't know for a fact but i guarantee they didn't just get him a bottle of wine it's probably a case of like a lot of bottles of wine like 12 bottles of wine Oops. So. um the only issue there uh oakland didn't really do the research i love miggy um so i hate to dig this up but in like 2010 maybe 11 somewhere back in 10 or 11 right before i got to the big leagues there were some alcohol problems there. Like he went to rehab. Like it's public knowledge. I'm not like breaking news right now. Um, he went to like three months of rehab for alcohol. So it's like gifting him that. Like, come on. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Oakland's getting crushed for that. But at the same time, the Baltimore Orioles gave him a brick with his name on it. 
a brick with his name on it. That costs nothing. So Baltimore's, I get it, like Utah Street, it's legendary. Uh, King Griffey Jr. from the Home Run Derby has the star on the building because he has the longest home run there. Jackie, if you hit a home run and it lands on the street, you get a brick with your name on it. I'm pretty sure like JBJ has one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty cool. It, I, I love the tradition, but like a brick. Like, thank you for your years of being one of the best players of all time. Here is some red clay that is hardened into a square. Like what? Which would you rather have? The, the 100, wine. $150 bottle of wine? Believe it. Yeah. What am I going to do with a brick? The brick's forever. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Jesus. What do we got? Let's move on. Um, I'm Bloom. We have not oh. talked about the firing. We haven't. I haven't been around for it because I was in Boston for all this. Were you surprised? Uh... No. No. We've talked about one or off offline whether he would stick around. I was 50-50 on it. I was like, I could see ownership. I knew ownership had to get pissed off enough. And so they had a four-game set against the Yankees. The first game got rained out. They had a doubleheader. They lost both games of the doubleheader. That was on a Tuesday. On Wednesday, they get rained out again. Thursday morning. They have a doubleheader, but Thursday morning the news broke. He was fired. Um, I th- think when they lost today, to, I mean, he was going to be fired regardless. But I think it sped it like expedited things when they got their ass beat by the Yankees at home. When the Yankees are, in my opinion, a worse team. Yeah. So, I think ownership was like, "All right, let's go, let's make some changes right now," because I think ownership is uh. And without piling on Heim Bloom, um, I feel like he had a pretty tough task. You know, he he needed to. He was brought in to rebuild a farm system that had been just completely demolished by Dave Dombrowski back in 2017, 2018. That went for it, won a World Series, made a lot of trades, brought guys in, traded top prospects. Um, so Heim Bloom was expected to rebuild a farm system that was at one point ranked in the bottom three at one point, and depending on which ranking system you look at was 30th in baseball. So he was relied on to build that system. Also expected to win and compete in a division like the AL East. Um, Oh, and by the way, also need you to cut salary and get under the luxury tax. All right. So if you can do two of those three things at once, you're doing really good. Mm -hmm. Like it's hard to do. Uh, he was expected to do all three, which is impossible. And so, when, you kidding? What? And win games? Are you kidding? Yeah, like it's just it, it's impossible. They asked for the impossible, and I think the most important thing was him getting under the luxury tax, which they gonna re- they're gonna reset that this year. Um, I think they were pretty pissed last year because he couldn't quite get under it. They were like three million or six million over it, so they didn't reset it. But this year they are. Um. They had to go with a filet mignon instead of a T-bone or vice versa, maybe. Yeah. And listen, he he just wasn't good at pulling the trigger or making big deals. Uh, there were several deals I'm sure you've heard of. Supposedly, allegedly, he could have moved Chris Sale last year, moved all his salary uh, to a team. I don't know what team, um, but chose not to. Mm-hmm. That would have cleared a ton of money and... 
They could have signed other players who were more reliable to stay healthy. Um, what else? I mean, he just supposedly there were trades uh, on the table with multiple teams at the trade deadline this year, and he just couldn't get it done. Uh, like the deal was done and like right there and like he bat- backed out. Supposedly Alex Verdugo was going to New York to That's the cool. Yankees uh, for either Clark Schmidt or Glaber Torres. Clark Schmidt would have been huge because at that time around the trade deadline, the Boston Red Sox basically had three starting pitchers that were healthy. Mm-hmm. Would have made sense. Um, but I think what scared him out of that was, you know, he traded Mookie, which will always stay in his history with Boston, but the Boston Red Sox offered Mookie Betts $300 million, and he said no. All right, so at that point, as an organization, you're thinking, well, we have to trade him now because he, he doesn't want to play here. He just turned down $300 million. So he had to make that trade, and he's always heard, heard about it because Mookie's MVP talks every year, it seems like. Um, and I think that is part of what was in the back of his head with Verdugo was, Verdugo was in the Mookie Betts trade. Like he was the biggest player from that. Connor Wong was a part of that. Big leaguers. Jeter Downs, who's also, who's who's not with the Red Sox organization anymore, but he hadn't really panned out. But Alex Verdugo was like the best player with the highest ceiling out of that Mookie Betts trade. So I think in the back of his mind, he's thinking, not in the back of his mind, probably the front of his mind, thinking, if I trade, all right, I had to trade Mookie Betts, I get Alex Verdugo, but then I'm going to trade Alex Verdugo to the New York Yankees, and he's going to terrorize us for the next how many years with the short porch in New York. Yeah. I'm literally never going to hear the end of that, ever. And I think that's what scared him out of making that move. Um, But he did a very good job building the system. There's rankings that have Red Sox at third. There's rankings that have them at anywhere from... Somebody had them at like 14, but most of them are like in the top seven. Uh, there's a couple at like four and three. There's a ton of rankings, so it's all whoever made it, you know, their opinion. But um, this is a real, really good farm right now. They have a lot of high-level uh, position players. They don't have a ton of pitching. I feel like they'd be like really high-level, like they'd be up there with Baltimore if they had more pitching prospects, which they're going to have to figure that out. But I think their best pitching prospect is in A-ball. So um, – I think now that he has built up that system, there are prospects uh, and assets in the minor leagues that they can they can trade this offseason. There's some big leaguers that they can trade this offseason. They're going to have to be aggressive on the pitching front. They're going to have to go get... So so Brian Bayo is arguably their best pitcher. Mm-hmm. I said on the pre- and post-game show uh, for the Sox, if the Red Sox are in a good spot to win next year, Brian Bayo is your number three. Because yeah. that means you go get Yamamoto and yes. you make a trade for like a Cease, a Keller, uh, you sign Aaron Nola, like one of those guys uh, in the off in the off season. So there will be a trade for a pitcher. I guarantee it. Whatever GM comes in, I don't know who it's going to be. There's lots of candidates right now. There's no clear-cut favorite. Mike Hazen, who used to work for the team, I don't think he ends up coming over from uh, Arizona. I don't think he uproots his family. He's been through a lot personally. His wife passed away couple years ago um he has boys several i think three or four he has four boys he's not gonna uproot his family um and i'm not sure that he has the best relationship with with the red sox front office Mm -hmm. um i like brandon gomes from the dodgers i love that he would bring over the dodgers way um you mix that with ownership of the boston red sox who have a history of winning as well you know who's gonna be 
What? You know who's going to be a free agent? Who? Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what he's asking for. Because if you're you you're not going to overextend yourself with him with the shoulder issues, the back issues, right? Age getting up there. You got to think he's left-handed too, so lineups are going to load him up with right-handed batters. And and Fenway, that's not necessarily the best thing. Yeah, because of the wall. So I think a dark horse candidate for the Red Sox GM is Sam Fold. He's the he's the current GM of the of the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, so when I was with the Phillies in 2018, he was pretty fresh out of the game. Um, he was basically the bridge between the analytical group in the front office and the players. Because he's a genius. He just when Gabe Kapler was there too. Yeah. Um, so basically he was there to dumb it down for the players. Because they don't think like all these Cornell, Princeton, Harvard, you know, all these kids in the running the numbers uh behind the scenes. And Sam understood all that stuff. He's a genius. He understands scouting, he understands analytics. But guess what? And guess what's going well for the Texas Rangers right now? Chris Young, who runs the show over there, was a player. And he's this really smart guy. So you get a guy that has feel for a clubhouse, feel for what a player needs, what a player wants, what a player needs to better themselves, what a coaching staff needs to bring to the table for those players. And he has the smart sides of things where he can talk to you about the analytics. He can talk to the guys behind the scenes and really get the full room, get the full room's attention when he talks because he can relate to everyone. Yeah. Um, Like that. Now the, the, I'm getting long-winded, but there's a lot to talk about. Um, the issue I think people may have with Sam Fold is a lack of experience as a GM. Um, but I could see ownership, you know, John Henry, Tom Warner, Sam Kennedy, these guys, they want to be aggressive. And they made it very clear, like, we're sick of uh, getting bullied around. We got to get back to bullying teams yeah. and spending money and – F the tax threshold, like it's time to win. And they can say that now because they do have a system that's built up and they have reinforcements on the way for the next few years. They have those assets they can move to make trades now. Um, so now it makes sense to go for it. So the next like three, four years, I think the Red Sox are going to be like, it's going to be them and the Orioles, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, yeah. before we close this out, before we close this out, I, I a lot of people have been asking me like how soon are they going to hire someone? I would say before the World Series. Um, right after the World Series, normally like, which in like the first I don't know, ten days in November they have the GM meetings. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to have someone in place before that because you need someone to be at GM meetings and go make make those connections, talk about future deals put some stuff on the table and set the tone. So you're going to need a guy. Mm-hmm. I would say mid to late October, they have someone. So I guess the only question that remains for me is, uh, do you think they made the right decision by moving on from Heim? Yes. Yeah. And I love Heim. Yeah. I, I like him a lot. I like him as a person. I got to know him really well on a personal level. Uh, we talked a good amount about baseball, about the team. Um, he was very good at using all of his resources. So Heim would call me to talk about baseball, and he had he had plenty of people to rely on and lean on. I think he just used a ton of resources, but it was like 
the old saying of like you sometimes you miss the forest by the trees right like you you don't see the things right in front of you because you're there's just so much going on right yeah so like he would he would he was very good at talking to people on not the outside but like not the inner circle so like he he knows i watched every pitch of the season like it's my job and i care and i'm invested in it i played here so i know what players what it takes for players to play here um and I'm pretty fresh out of the game too. So, but it wasn't just me. It was other people like me too. He he was just very good at having conversation, trying to learn, constantly trying to get better. Um, I think the task he was given was just impossible. It was a losing battle. I think he did his job. Yeah. Um, he couldn't do everything that they wanted him to do, but the most important thing he did, he built a system and now um, he's just unfortunately like the sacrificial lamb. And now they, they move on and like, Hey bud, thanks for everything you did beat it we're gonna go win now which kind of sucks for him but the baseball mind he is he'll land on his feet somewhere for sure two takeaways for me number one is you can be good at your job and still get fired sometimes the market takes over sometimes the business dictates how many employee um, employees a business can have sometimes the economy you know shit hits the fan second point for me would be I hate depending on one guy, but I think Chris Sale and his inability to stay on the field is what inevitably led to Heim Blooms. Yeah. I mean, demise. if Chris Sale's healthy, I still don't think they're a playoff team. Like he doesn't like how many extra starts does he make? And does he win every one of them? No, no, but, but just no. overall, you need a horse in your rotation and Chris. No, Sale. No, for sure. But I think they would have moved on from Heim anyways. Maybe. Especially after he hadn't made the moves he made. Yeah. Like but, I think that was the big point was like they need someone in there, like big swing and dick come through the door and be like, the Red Sox are back. And that's not who Heim is. Like he's more of a, a, a brainy behind the scenes, more fit for like a Tampa or smaller mindset, you know? Uh for not smaller mindset, but a smaller market. Yeah. I'll say this: If Heim Bloom's getting fired, the seat's probably getting hot. Finds anxiety in San Francisco. Yeah, I will say about Heim. One, one more thing is, he was very good at like, I hate this term because it sounds bad, but like bottom feeding, like picking up guys who were DFA'd, which was what Tampa did, right? Yep. And Tampa was very good, and it was all based off a certain uh, evaluation uh, of these guys' tools that they knew. You know, looking at the advanced metrics and analytics, say, okay, this guy, we can get something out of this guy. So they knew what to look for as far as scouting and, and picking up guys who'd been DFA'd for cheap. Um, you know, last year it was John Schreiber. This year it was Brandon Bernardino, um, who were very important pieces of their bullpen and will be for a while. So he's, I mean, Pablo Reyes from Oakland. He was in the minor leagues with Oakland, and now he's going to find himself probably having a job in the big leagues for the next few years because of what he did in Boston. So there's plenty of guys he picked up that were success stories. We're just not talking about it because the team's not in the playoffs. Right. And that's Boston. There's no that's what's tough too in Boston. This this is what we call a bridge year, but in Boston, you can't say this is a bridge year because they expect to win every year because of how baseball has gone over the last 19, 20 seasons in Boston. They've been winning like every few years. So if you don't perform they don't want to hear like, oh, we we weren't going for it this year. We had to kind of bridge ourselves to the next 
No, they'll burn that place to the ground. You got to say you're going to be competitive and still actually attempt to be competitive, which they did. I, They did there for a while. And then just obviously health reasons took over and they, they lost it. You want to know who I would hire if I was Boston? <sighs> AJ Preller. Ipe Mizahara. Shohei Otani's translator. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of people say Boston has zero chance to sign him. I know. Uh, I'll tell you this much. There's only so much I can say. They're going to take their chance. Like I... They're, that front office is not sitting there going, oh, no, no, it doesn't make sense, can't do it. No, that front office right now, this moment, is trying to figure out a way to get them. I'll leave it at that. Mm. Juicy. Juicy. Juicy on a Friday, Brooksy. The yeah. Boston Red Sox will try to sign Otani. I'm not saying they will. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are going to try to sign them, but I think I they want them. Like, this isn't a thing where the Red Sox are like, nope, not doing it. Nope, it doesn't make sense financially. Oh, second Tommy John, he's only going to hit next year. We already have, you know, a couple guys who are going to DH. Get a, you know, no. You know what that would do for that fan base? Mm-hmm. Light a fucking fire under their ass. And there would, you know where those asses would be there on fire? In seats at Fenway. Yeah. Yep. That'll be fun to watch. He's the best marketing tool you could ever have. The best player to ever play the game. In your uniform. Tell me that red seat ain't in reachable for Otani. I was going to say, not, is he going to reach? <laughs> is he going to reach the, the. With like a 2005 Gen 1X, maybe. Voodoo. It's a green TPX aluminum bat. Yeah. I'd love to see him try. Yeah. I would love to see him try in Seattle, San Francisco. I'd like to see him on the West Coast. So. Masataka Yoshida, obviously, who plays left left field for the Red Sox. There's your link right there. He's boys. He played with Yamamoto, Yamamoto, in uh, Japan. They all played WBC together. Mm-hmm. He's a New Balance guy. Guess where New Balance is based? Japan. Boston. Oh, should know. They had the big. They had the big New Balance sign out in left field. Yeah, it's in Boston. You telling me the head of? New Balance ain't trying to get him in Boston for all that marketing. There's so much money there for him. Yeah. Because of that, telling you, dude, watch out. Watch out now. Final question. Yeah. Are the Padres coming back? They're four and a half games back. Oh, my God, dude. This is like 07 Rockies, huh? Yeah. What were those numbers? So the 07 Rockies, who ended up going to the World Series, they were four and a half games back on September 20th. It is September 22nd. And the San Diego Padres are four and a half games back. So did they each have nine games left? The Colorado Rockies were. The season used to end a little sooner. The Rockies had. I think it was like seven or eight games. I'm doing the math. Eight, nine. The Rockies had about 10 games left. And the the Padres have nine. Why is it taking this long for the Padres to go? Oh, our offense does work. Oh, there's a guy on second base with less than two outs. We're going to bring him in. Wait. Colorado Rockies on September 20th, 2007. 
had nine games left in their season. They were four and a half games back of the wild card race. They went on the to win the National League pennant and go on to lose to the Red Sox in the World Series. The right. San Diego Padres right now on September 22nd with nine games remaining. They're four games back of the wild card. What's their schedule look like? They play the St. Louis Cardinals. Great. The San Francisco Giants. Don't they play the White Sox? And the Chicago White Sox. Oh, and the Giants are crumbling. Giants are crumbling. I talked to Gabe Kapler today, by the way. What about? He's probably not doing so hot right now. No, he was not very talkative. Uh, um, no, I had to get Sam Fold's number. I lost it, so I, I wanted to reach out to Sam. Oh. And uh, Mr. Gabe, Mr. Kapler. Mr. Gabe. Mr. Gabe. Gabe the babe. No, he was not. So, yeah, I just I, I needed Sammy's number, and I was just like, hey, thanks. Appreciate it. Um, hope you're doing well, man. And he just said, you too, and that was it. At least he got back to you. It's early, but that was like noon here, so that's 9 a.m. after a night game. So he probably just woke up. First thing he saw was a text from me. He, he, just, got, he, just, he just got done from a 15-mile run. Dude, dude, he grinds. I know. He's a beast. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, he, no. So to your original question, I hope the Padres make it. Yes or no? Yes or no? Don't do the whole like, oh, they could make it. Like maybe. I was giving you my opinion. Yes. I was talking. Yes or no? No. Ah. I, I I hope they do, but I don't think so. Yeah. The only downside to that is like, it's like Miami might get in. I know. Um, I love the story of the Padres getting in, but if it, I don't know, whoever gets that third spot, I'm happy with because it's like all those stories I like. Yeah. Same. It's going to be fun. I think who, who wins the world series? I hate that question, man. I know you do. I know you do. I think the Phillies have a real chance. They all have a chance. Well, thank you, Danny. I, I, I think the Phillies are built for the playoffs. Strong bullpen, strong top end of their their rotation, and they're big big game hitters in their lineup. Yeah, I agree. They scare me, but I mean, there's a lot of scary teams. I think the Mariners are built for the playoffs. I'm not sold. I don't know if they're going to get in. I don't know either. I think the biggest hurdle for them... They have six more games against the Rangers in the last nine days. Mm -hmm. And And they play Houston, the other three. I'm concerned about Atlanta and L.A., and by LA. I'm concerned about the Dodgers. They don't, neither, they don't neither of them really have starting pitching depth. Max Freed just went on the IL. Max Freed just went down with a blister, but he'll be back for the postseason. It's a blister. I know, but it's a blister. They they probably didn't need to shut him down, but they're like, hey, what might as well just rest you. We're gonna have a bye in the first round. So, so yeah. why don't you just rest and then you'll be back? Spencer Strider, then Bryce Elder and I mean, I, I'm still rolling, I'm still running Charlie Morton out there. He's one of the best big game Charlie pitchers Martin. ever. Ever. Yeah. So when you have an offense like that too, it's like that's kind of a safety valve. Like, hey, you don't have to be perfect. Just go out there and give me five or six, give up two or three runs. Like, we're gonna score seven. Yeah. Acuni's gonna have four hits and six bags. <laughs> hmm. Dude, does he get 40, 70, you think? I mean, he's at 38, 67 right now, something like that, right? Dude, Man, I hope so. Well, well, his 30 60 was first all time. Yeah. Right. I mean, even if he gets to 40 homers, like he's going to, he'll be like, what, the sixth guy ever to be 40 40? Yeah. I mean, 
this is I know asterisk the bases whatever you, he's still hitting 340. Oh, it's amazing. I, th- just in the, a game where the, batting average is dead. The I mean, stolen, it's starting to come back. It's starting to come back. Thank God. The stolen but, bases just don't impress me that much anymore, to be honest. Oh, shit, dude. It impresses me. It's entertaining, 100%. It just doesn't impress It me. is so, like... We're getting into other conversations we're going to have in a few days, but that NL MVP is a joke. Acuna's going to win it because of the body of work. Mookie Betts should be an MVP. Freddie Freeman should be an MVP. Yeah. Who am I missing? Oh, Matt Olson. He's going to have oh. 60 homers. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. By the way, his his batting average went up like 40 points. You know why? The shift's gone. <laughs> yeah. The shift's gone. Yeah. Where, so, is, uh, where is Jenny going to be this weekend? What she's game? at the whiteout game at Penn State, Iowa. That'll be fun. Iowa at Penn State. They do that whiteout game every year where everybody wears white. Sick. She gets to do it. 7.30 uh, Eastern time on CBS. That'll be fun. And you're going to be with the girls at home watching it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be here watching. We'll be cheering. Right on. Cheering on, man. All right. Week left. Baseball season. Dude, fire me up. Hey, Brooksy's home. We're back. I'm back on a routine with the pod once a week now. So we'll ride. Or more if we need it, obviously. That's right. That's right. Hi, buddy. Waking rate country. Yeah. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.